Inspiration Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hello, family. Welcome back to the Adventist Reflections Podcast. This is episode 13 of this series, named Ministering to the List of This. And today, I'd like us to reflect on one aspect alone, and that is the beauty of church. And to unpack these ideas, I would like to welcome Catalina again. How are you going, Catalina? Good. Thanks for having me again for the last <laughs> and final episode. But is it? <laughs> we'll, we'll find out we'll find out later on today <laughs> so yes it is it is our last study for this quarter indeed and, and it has gone so quick and, and it has been magnificent to me as a blessing because i have learned a lot about god's desire for us to serve and i recall a sabbath school lesson i don't know maybe a couple of years back maybe you recall it too and that's when we started talking later on about that axe idea that you had in your heart for a while and it was also about service but i think this one has been very specific and, and it has brought a lot more um, ideas at least at the practical level in my mind as to how we can serve people but also about what other churches have done around the globe and i thank you for bringing those examples of great things that sometimes we get encapsulated sometimes we get in we get into a little bubble of what we do in our little world and we think that other people are not doing much but indeed people are doing a lot of things around so thank you for for doing that i would like us to do a bit of a quick recap on what we have studied so far for the past three months because i think it's relevant so so far we have spoken about how god created to his image, and with that, we have had a, the idea that we have a purposeful life. And then we looked in the second lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the blueprint, which is God's tenth commandments, and how it helps us to embrace God's character, but also how we can bless those around us and show that, um, yeah, that character reflected through the ten commandments. We are right. We did, and and week three, we then go specifically about emphasizing the Sabbath and, and how it points us back to, to God. And it also reminds us that in this day, we might minister to those in need. Yep. In week four, we discuss the tension and the beauty that is found in God's mercy and justice when mm. it's combined um, and how we can't separate it within mm. our actions and, yeah, how we interact with those around us. We must demonstrate both aspects. Right. And then week five, we spoke about our tendency to go backwards in action, about how many times we have that that desire to to have a head knowledge. And as Adventists, we're really good at that. But Christ desires not to just believe like the Pharisees, but uh, who knew the law, but who violated the same law, but not really meeting the needs of other people. Mm-hmm. Lesson six, we spoke about worship and how in everything that we do, we can present it as worship to God. Right. Then we reflected on the idea that our best example to follow is Jesus Christ. We discussed and just tried to unpack the ideas of how we can consider the least of these and expand on who the least of these actually were. Right. And then we spoke about the idea that Jesus died for everybody and we are to be like him in service. We talked about loving mercy and we spoke about uh, the idea of ministry fatigue as well and how we are to take time for ourselves and self-care as well. Right. So it has been a full series. It has been packed with concepts that 
are relevant to our Christianity and and aspects which where the rubber meets the road we must consider like James says you know James says that we are to demonstrate our faith but the things that we do not because they save us but because in demonstrating that we demonstrate that we have faith in that who save us so I would like to read to you a quote because I think this brings some relevancy to today's ideas in the book Our High Calling Ellen G. White says that the church is God's appointed means of leading his children unto unity in order that in Christian love and fellowship they may help strengthen and encourage one another. So I would not like to dismiss the, dismiss the fact that sometimes being a part of the community of faith can be a struggle. It can be, it can bring various disappointments because sometimes we lose track of what it means to be in church. We lose track of whom we should be an example uh, from. And let's face it, we all have interesting personalities based on different upbringings and everything is really challenging sometimes. We have sometimes self-determined expectations that if are not met, we start getting a bit cringy. But instead of doing that, because we all know that, I would like us to finish this series with the idea of the church and the beautiful things that the church brings into our lives. What is it that we get out of it? And these are not all designed to bring, you know, a sense of blindness to what happens in our churches, but rather bring hope and reassurance to, to, to us and even those around us and those who contribute to a journey of salvation. So let me share with you two fa fun facts, uh, Catalina, two mm -hmm. things that I found when I was thinking about this. One, do you know what is the most expensive perfume in the world? No. No? Okay. I wouldn't know. So it will be funded. <laughs> See, it's, it's the Donna Karan New York uh, perfume. It's, mm -hmm. it's named the DKNY Golden Delivious mm -hmm. Million. And the bottle costs exactly one million American dollars. No way. For a hundred, a hundred mils of, of that aroma. <gasps> it's crazy, isn't it? Oh, wow. I I don't know who buys it, but anyhow. It better smell good. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, to be fair to the whole process, I think uh, the bottle costs that much because it has diamonds or something in the bottle and whatever. But I think it's crazy. Once you finish the perfume, I don't know. You, I guess you keep the bottle there on your shelf just so you know that you spend yeah, that much money. For your retirement. <laughs> well, if they can give me that, I could probably retire. And that would be my superannuation. <laughs> but this one is followed by by another one. It's called the Clive Christian Number no. One Imperial Majesty perfume. I don't know if they call it like that because only royalty wears it. But uh, it's it's not as much, but it's still pretty bad. It's twelve thousand seven hundred twenty-one US dollars for thirty mil only. Mm -hmm. So you multiply that by three, mm -hmm. it's almost a hundred. So it's about a hundred over a hundred thousand. Compare that to a million, it's a bit of a gap. But it's still quite crazy. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. crazy fun fact number two, and this is more personal. I'm going to share to you, with you all something that nobody else knows. Actually, nobody, not even my family, extended family knows. Only my wife and my kid know this. So this is like an exclusive of Dr. Danzi because um, I don't even know if I should say it, but you might, everybody might change the perception they have of me, but that's okay. <laughs> I am a perfume collector. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't even know if I am a perfume collector because I don't purposefully collect them. It just happened organically mm -hmm. that I have a lot of perfumes in my cabinet. And of the yeah, aromas. I have seven. Well, there you go. We could call you a collector maybe too, if you do it in purpose, but I don't think you do because it just happens organically. No. 
So I easily, I, I went to my cabin and I just quickly do a recount, but I have two cabins and I have a couple of um, toiletry bags with different perfumes, but from different travels. I, I counted on my on my readily available shelf, 13 perfumes in my possession. Wow. And, and some of them were given to me, mm-hmm. but 90% of them I acquired. So I bought most of them. Many times mm-hmm. I stop using a perfume that I see is about to finish to balance them out you know because i want mm-hmm. to keep them and yet other times mm-hmm. i go on out of my way to buy new ones that i have finished in purpose so and and i'm sharing this because there is something interesting here right i, I have this stuff and even the ones that they were given to me that i don't like that much i keep them because i appreciate them mm-hmm. but this reminds me of something something that was pointed out in the lesson this week and it is that the bible says that the church the church mm. is like a perfume like an aroma like a fragrance and this aroma is so attractive that it saves people. And so I would like to read that verse in Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 and 16, which says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we, that is the church, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one fragrance, from death to death, to other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? So here's one interesting thing. Some of my favorite perfumes, they are not really original discoveries of my own. In in fact, I'll, I'll confess something. The ones that I like the most are actually ones that I have smelled on other people, mm-hmm. and I have asked, and I'm like, oh, I like that one. I you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's fine because it, it, it's easier to do that and recognize something you like that when you go to the shops and I have sat in shops, you know, in those perfumes, smelling and smelling and then going to the coffee beans because you are like, Oh, you know, I, everything smells the same and nice and I don't know what. Yeah. So when you recognize somebody, I'm like, mm, I like that one. And sometimes I go out of my way to buy them. Sometimes I wait and wait. But if I like it so much, if I really do, I go and buy it. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a community of faith whereby you say, I want that. I want in. I want to participate of whatever this church is doing. I, I want, I, I, you, you know that uh, there, there is something there. It could be, it doesn't have to be at the spiritual level. It doesn't have to be, oh, you know, this church is so spiritual that I really want that. Maybe that is the case. But it could be something practical. It could be because there was a social event. I'm like, you know, my church doesn't have that or whatever. A community service level, a community event. It could be a Pathfinder activity, whatever. And it could be a mission trip, a storm call, those things that we have in Australia, which young people participate to go and deliver the suffering of smaller communities in need. And you say, you know, I want that kind of stuff in my life. Have you ever been in such a community of faith, such a church? Not so much a church. But I think there have different there have been different events and AYC is one of those where mm-hmm. I was just left in absolute right. shock because I just couldn't believe that there was other people that were so spiritually minded mm. and so active in their church wherever they were because obviously AYC is done in a central location and everyone sort of travels there. So I think mm. AYC was one of those experiences where I was just left like just amazed okay. uh, with just what was happening. And then right. probably when we started attending Mount Gravatt Church in Brisbane, we had yeah. been going to a lot of different churches trying to find a church and to see where exactly we felt that God wanted us. 
And I know we stepped into that church and straight away we were like, there's something special about Mount Gravatt. Now, I can't say it was specific that they were very friendly, that they were very spiritual, that they were very mm. active. There was just something that as soon as we went there, we definitely felt that that was the church that right. we needed to to be involved in. Another one, which is just what I've been to recently, which is uh, Salisbury Church. Uh, they also had a very active youth right. group. And uh, yeah, we pretty much forced ourselves onto that group and made sure that we were part of that group. Yeah in all the activities that they did just because their youth group was very active and there was a real balance in terms of spirituality. Uh, the young people were very spiritual and, yeah, they were just very committed to learning about their faith. They started uh, Bible memorization groups. and So there's there's been a few, um, but it hasn't necessarily been so much that, oh, this is on and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start attending that church because of that. Mm-hmm. Great. I resonate with AYC, of course. I was attending. For those of you who do not know what AYC is, is the Adventist Youth for Christ. Am I standing right? Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Which is the equivalent to the GYC for those of you who are in the States who yep. know what um, GYC is. And uh, yeah, it, it was a blessing to see like-minded people. Although I must admit the first time I went to the AYC, I wasn't really expecting to be a like-minded of any kind. Um, I... Mm-hmm just thought it was a social event and then yeah i was i was surprised and it was a life-changing event so anybody who mm. has never been to an ayc here in australia or a gyc in the states i highly encourage you to go and visit them mm. and make the effort even if you don't think you are young any longer i know that i definitely don't fit the young criteria anymore and i already signed up yeah. pay my tickets Good to go job. to the next well ayc in melbourne <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah so, so this is the thing, you know, um, we can focus a lot on the bad stuff that happens in our church and we know that it, that it happens and we can be here forever and speaking about it. But God established the church for a couple of reasons. One is to help us to go and pass that finish line by motivating and encouraging each other. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier if we were to have people around us to help us as well as to polish our character and all that kind of stuff. And that's when all that negativity might come. But um, let us keep it into the beautiful things of church. And the other aspect is to help us to to minister to those in need, uh, even though sometimes we might not be like-minded. Mm. So I, I just would like us to think about the attractive aspects of church. What do you think would make the church a more attractive place? What are the things that you would think need to be seen in our churches for it to be like that sweet-smelling aroma that Paul is talking about, that fragrance of Christ? What do Mm -hmm. you think is needed? I think in order to have an experience like the ones that we have when we smell someone's perfume and we want to ask them what perfume is it, Right. um, one, I think we have to be involved in our community Mm-hmm. And I think what makes what makes a church beautiful and fragrant, as we're focusing in this particular lesson, mm. there has to be something that stands out. There has to be something that in amongst the everyday, you know, hustle and bustle of, of living life, mm. it has to stand out. It has to stop you in your path because it just it just stood out so much. So I think we have to understand that there has to be something special about our church. I also believe that when we look at it in the context of what makes it special for Adventists and what makes it special for outreach, I think mm-hmm. there's probably 
different aspects that we can we can look into. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we are looking at community, I think that for our church to be a fragrant in the community, one, we must be in the community. Mm. The community will never smell the fragrance of Christ if we're just always in our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if all we do is get together on a Sabbath and open the doors, mm-hmm. uh, the fragrance that is going to come out of that is not going to be as strong as uh, being involved within community mm. activities and community events um, and also reaching out to the community in whatever mm-hmm. that outreach mm-hmm. looks like. So yeah. I think that, that we have to be very sensitive to to being involved with people. And then I think the only way we can be fragrant is if we have a Christ-like mind. Uh, mm. if, if our sincere love for people can be seen and witnessed by right. the people that we are associating with. Uh, if we go out into the community and we're just still very exclusive, if we isolate ourselves, and if we don't have a sincere love and desire to be Christ to those people, mm-hmm. I think you're going to really struggle being a fragrant. You're just going to get lost in amongst everything else because you don't stand out. Uh, people can't see that light that you have. Mm. So, yeah, I think there's some aspects that we sort of need to consider. Yeah, I agree. It makes sense. Well, first, we need to go out there so a lot of people won't come into church to see what that oh. is, to see what to see how it smells, to, to, to see how the beauty mm-hmm. of the church. So we had to go out for them to see it. And yet when we go out and they see something and yet they come to church, they might see something different. We have to consider the aspect Mm -hmm. of first preparing the aroma in the church and we're the fragrance of Christ, which means we need to have Christ in the church, right? So, and that's why I like this verse in, in Hebrews. It's pointed out in the lesson, Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, which says, let us hold fast our confession of the hope that we have without wavering for he who has promised is faithful. So let us not forget that our faith is in Christ. And then he continues to say, and let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works. Mm. That is that community service. That is that looking after each other. We need to love each other. And then we can go out, not neglecting to meet together as some people do, but encouraging one another in so much the more as Jesus Christ is coming. Oh, this says that the day is, is drawing near. So in, in those two verses, uh, the way I see it, in, in, in Corinthians and in Hebrews, Paul tries to remind us of the reason for our existence. In this case, for the Corinthians' existence, the church in Corinth, and for the Hebrews. So our church is to embrace one another and to be representatives of Christ. And it's interesting because that verse that we read in Corinthians says that... <laughs> That sometimes people smell it for life. We bring life in that smell or sometimes death. And the way I see it is two things. Um, we either smell good or bad. Some people might see us and like, you know, I don't want to be part of this. Obviously, what he's trying to say there is more related to people see, they hear the message and some people don't accept it. So for them, some, for, for them, the message is actually death. Mm. But I also want to think about the more practical aspect that for some of them, we're not really showing them that life, I suppose, with our own actions. Now, let me ask you something. Uh, just as the practical level, as we wrap this, this, this whole series up, 
with this idea of church community because that's where the force is going to be. Uh, it's going to multiply. We can do a lot of things uh, alone, and we have spoken about this. We have spoken about the idea that um, don't wait for your church to say yes to everything. If you have an idea and the Lord has impressed you, that go ahead and go forth. But there is no doubt that it will be a lot easier if we are with other people in our in our churches who can then go out together with that extra force to be able to do that ministry. But um, so thinking about this beauty of church, can you share with us aspects of your local community of faith, of your local church that bring life, that remind you of the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ and, and how this has contributed to your Christian experience and growth? Um, look, I think... When we look at the church, and I think, you know, every church is very different. We're mm -hmm. made up of a combination of very different humans. Yeah. So we're always going to bring a different aspect to what makes that church special. Mm -hmm. But I think for me personally, in my local church, mm -hmm. one thing that I have always, and I've always told people when people ask me about my church, I always tell them, my church will support you in everything. Like they, they are very good when it comes to outreach and community stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. They're very supportive. Uh, they'll be like, yes, go for it. We can't guarantee that we can help you, like in terms of preparation <laughs> but do it. or in attendance. But board approval, you can have it. Uh, so I think that is something that I have really appreciated with my church, that mm -hmm. um, <laughs> whenever I have a topic on the agenda that I want to present uh, for an outreach idea, they've been very supportive. They haven't mm. been... And even when they have expressed concerns, their concerns are always very balanced in... We'll still let you go ahead with that, uh, mm -hmm. but this is our concern. And mm -hmm. I really appreciated that because I think they've allowed me to fail where I've needed to fail. Mm -hmm. And also they've embraced when things have really worked out. So for me personally, that's something that I've appreciated about my local church. And also okay. I think just there is this real idea and they have always had this idea of reaching out to the community. Uh, whether they weren't, they didn't have the capacity to do it to what we're doing recently and, you know, mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, but they've always wanted to reach out to the community. They might just not have known how to do that. And that's probably something that I found, you know, in, in a lot of churches, they, they want to do community work. They want to get out there and they want to try and um, start things, but they just don't know where to begin and how to begin. Mm. And that's sort of where acts, that, that impression of trying to mm. build that up as a ministry came about just because there are many right. churches that want to do the work. They just don't know where to start. And right. how do we start with a food bank and a food pantry? And how do we start with mm. networking with, you know, local local organizations? Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's probably the hardest thing is that many churches want to do it. They just don't know how to or they might not have someone who's mm. willing to, to take the risk and step out and try and, and start things. Um, and then with my local church, we just have a very good reputation for being a friendly church. Um, <laughs> even when we do our yeah. outreach activities, um, everyone that does attend is very intentional about greeting our visitors, people that have come in from the community. Uh, they're just, they're very sensitive to making them feel welcomed and feel like mm. they've been appreciated and acknowledged. Uh, so For that's sure. another thing that I really like about our local church in terms of our outreach and, and how we are involved in our community work. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Look, I made a list of my little own and, um, and maybe my list will be a lot different if we didn't go to the same <laughs> church. <laughs> I didn't think of the first aspect you mentioned, but definitely the second one. It's, it's, a, it's at the top of my list. And I have heard it from people saying that even from other churches visiting in the mm. same region, we have the idea of friendliness and the idea how, you know, we went to such and such and, you know, nobody even consider we existed or really uh, approach us more than just shaking a hand anybody can shake a hand and say hello but um that friendliness aspect um, it's right at the top and i also like that in our church we have uh, a lot of faithfulness to the bible message we have champions for that and i think a lot of churches could say yeah we do too we know we have those super ultra conservatives but our churches i i feel i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but um this, my experience is that it's quite balanced and mm. uh, they they don't push and shove the message so drastically or or maybe i should say aggressively that some people mm. within the ultra conservative views tend to do and i've been there as well a little bit there so mm -hmm. our church is not like that but it creates a a, a beautiful uh a, a balance also like the idea of uh the perseverance in ministry which is what you were talking about maybe in the sense that um we, we're persevering in doing something even when um when not everybody is around and actively involved there is that perception that yeah yeah we we should be doing something and let's support whatever in however we can the last thing that i have in here is that uh, i feel that my community of faith has a sense of at some level uh, a sense of honesty and transparency in the struggles I, I feel that there is many of my community members who are able willing and open to share their views some of us might not take it well but I think it's important for us to be transparent, in my opinion. So I have learned, and I, I, I hesitate, I, for, for a minute I hesitated to be specific, but I would like to, even though I know I'm going to miss people, but I, I have learned from, for example, somebody like, and for you who listen, this will mean nothing, but I just want to share with you the beautiful thing that my church is like. And, and I have learned from Trevor, which is our head elder, and Malcolm, which is our AV guy, and Rosie, our Sabbath school, leader for the little, little, little kids had to come and shake the hand of somebody and have a big smile and be friendly. Mm -hmm. And then, and then there is Pastor Mark, our pastor in Glean, who are ever ready to uphold the scripture and knowledge mm. at a deeper level. Yeah. And then I have Emma, our Pathfinder leader, who is faithful to her ministry that goes beyond all measures, in my opinion, who runs this club and, and she will run an activity, a camp, even if there was only one child present. Mm. And then I have Liliana and our head deaconess, who is ever transparent in her human experience and is willing to seek counsel from, mm. from all of us, even though sometimes we don't have a clue what to say, but she's like, you know, I'm struggling with this. And and you are my community of faith. You are my church. Can you help me out, family? Oh. And then you have people like Freddie and Raymond and Steve who are willing to give up a hand and their time with the natural talents and abilities to help somebody who is in distress. And what about Chloe and, and, and Abby who are ever ready to participate in song service? And Luke and Liam and Aidan who are there to teach the kids. Uh, about Jesus in, with their own eyes and are always there whenever they can and as, attend with their instruments playing. And we have a little, such a little church and you don't even know how little it is, but it sounds beautiful. And and what about you, Catalina? And, and my wife, Alisa, you know, when you ladies team up, you also have served uh, ladies in distress, that I know, who need a hand and cooked so many meals to feed some of many of us in our communities. And I, I could literally name 
every member of our church and describe Christ's sweet-smelling aroma in all of them. Mm. And this is what I want my community to see. This is what I want those who come to my church to see in my church. This is what I want them to experience. I want them to see Christ in us. And I want to just challenge you. I know that your church is not perfect. Ours isn't either. And I know that you will be struggling with something in the church, perhaps some doctrinal matter or perhaps even somebody. Mm. But have you stopped to reflect what Christ is doing with your church together so that you can go and serve those around you? Are you experiencing that beautiful aroma of Christ through your church? And I would like to invite everyone to, to start counting their blessings in, in their church members and embrace them and thank God for them. That is me. That's my emotional me there speaking. But I think I need to do more of this. And, and I like this lesson because it brought these ideas that I need to do more of counting the blessings that my church is bringing. Because at the end of the day, this is where, where Christ plays me. And I would like to, this is going to be more challenging, perhaps, Catalina, but um, we're, in a, we're in a country place. And we have no option. And um, when we live in a city, we have many options. Sometimes, I know I know some of us who go and do church shopping because we don't like something about the church. And what I have experienced with some of my friends who do a lot of church shopping is that they never happen in any church. And then they never participate fully in any church. You go, no, I like this one. And then eventually they have a struggle in that church. So they leave that church. They go to the next one and the next one and the next one. So yeah. I would like us to think about the aspect that, hey, what does your church have? Then can you minister with that strength? Can you bring something to the team aspect of your church? Do you have any comments, any final ideas about that? And, and feel free because you might have a different perception and that's okay. It, 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 it's okay to have that. I just, just adding on to that point that you mentioned. Yeah, go ahead. You know, Christ compares the church to his bride. Mm. And I think sometimes when we are in a church, we can want to divorce our church because she doesn't quite meet up to the standards of which we fell in love with her for the first time. Mm. Um, and I think that as we go from church to church, and, and I've said to many people, I'm like, as positive as people may speak of my local church, I'm like, trust me, there are issues. Mm. There are issues. But mm -hmm. I think what I appreciate about our church is that even though there are issues, it doesn't take away from our focus of still serving our community. Yeah. Like you said, I think if, if we can try and focus on the strengths rather than let ourselves become overwhelmed with the weaknesses. Uh, we can at least mm. put our energy and invest all that passion that we have into something that is positive and that is something that will, will grow the church instead of something that will continue to tear the church down. And I think sometimes, like you said, we can focus so much on the negatives that we forget all the blessings and, and what each person from the church actually contributes to the functioning of the church and to the church being what it is um, at, at its mm. at its most positive. And like you said, try and work with the things that are positive and mm. contribute to that. Don't focus all of your time into the negative aspects. Help, help embrace the positive mm. and even you become the positive. If there is a church where you can't even find anything positive with anyone that's mm. there or anything that the church does, you be the difference and you start showing them what a blessing it is yeah. to, to actually help Make the church be what God intended it to be. Excellent. Agreed. Let us finish with our weekly encourager. Now, I'm going to deliver this one. We're going to swap roles today. And, and so, our yeah. weekly encourager, I would like to mention this to wrap up. 
Uh, and this is a little girl from our church. Catalina didn't even know I was going to say this. But um, I saw this on our Adventist um, Committed to Serve Facebook page. And um, go and check it out. Like it, comment, share something. And we, we actually received probably a lot of... Um, I always pass them on to Catalina because she's the forefront of all this um, uh, request of people and resources by a personal message uh, for the churches on community service. But this <clears throat> this is a little girl who is seven. She's seven? Eight. She's eight. What a bad friend am I? She's eight, and her name is Mimi. And Mimi had this vision that uh, one day she was sitting, it's my understanding, in a doctor's room or some kind, which was an ophthalmologist, I believe. So a lot of kids come with eye issues, eye concerns, and her desire, as she saw these little kids, is, uh, I would like to minister to these little kids and their needs. And so she asked mom, mom, could I please make some little eye pouches like a little eye pillows i think yeah they're like. little cushions i'm going to check them out cushions eye cushions for the little kids and uh mom said yeah i guess so sure and so off they went and just recently i saw that mimi and her sister chloe they went out and they started developing with the help of mom all of these eye little cushions to deliver to the little kids and to me, that is ministering to the needs of those around. And I, I just want to say something. I mean, I, I maybe should make the remark that this little kid is actually Catalina's child. But this catches my attention at many levels. But I just want to leave it at this. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can be as little as eight years old. What matters is that if, if God impresses you with something or out of the kindness of his heart, and you have that softness of your heart because of him, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Don't hold back. Try. And like an eight-year-old, if you cannot do it alone, go and find help from your beautiful community of faith of somebody who think, you know, maybe this one will do it. And if they say no, go into the next one, the next one, and somebody, I'm sure, somebody will say, yeah, okay, I'm not sure, but I'll give, I'll give it a go. And they will go. And then do that was it. That's the weekly encourager. And so I hope that you all feel encouraged by that. And think of Mimi when you think, I cannot do it. She's only eight. What about our challenge, Catalina? Do you have a challenge for us today? That's the last challenge. Last challenge. I think we touched on it a little bit in our final remarks. Okay. And that is to be an encouragement to your church. And, mm. you know, depending on where you are right now, maybe the last thing you want to do is encourage your church. Uh, maybe you're going mm. through a patch where the last thing you want to do is encourage anyone in your church yeah. uh, or even contribute to your church. And I, I really want to be sensitive to that because, yeah, I've been there. Mm. I know what it's like uh, mm. not wanting to go to church because of whatever stuff is going on in church. But, um, yeah, I, I encourage you to just seek God in prayer mm -hmm. and to be able to say, you know what, maybe my church isn't what I want it to be. Maybe it's not even what God wants it to be. Uh, but what can mm. I practically do this week or commit to doing for a month that will help to make, uh, yeah, my church that, that fragrance. And you mentioned as well with like Trevor and um, Malcolm and Rose. Mm, mm. I learned from them to always go out and give someone a handshake and welcome them and thank mm. them for choosing to come to our church um, each Sabbath mm. when we see visitors. 
something as simple as that. And I remember the impact it had on us. And I said, you know what, that's、mm. what I'm going to do from here on. And I'm sure that we've all had experiences where we have seen that people in church have done something that just really left a real big impression on us and really、mm. gave us a sense of, of belonging or a sense of feeling like Christ's love was in that, in that building.、Mm. So let us reflect on that, maybe a memory or something from the past that someone did for us that made church special. And, and let us take the challenge and, and do the same thing. Excellent. So. Family, for now, this is it. We have reflected and now we're done. And now it's time for all of us to continue doing. And like Jesus said, you know, go ye therefore and bring to them Christ in the fullness of his gospel. But before that, let me share with you an announcement and very quickly. Drum roll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drum roll. We have received questions from you throughout this season. And some of you might think, oh, you have ignored my questions. I have communicated with you. Through social media at a private level, but I would like us to bring these questions to the table. And so, Catalina and I are preparing a special episode to answer these questions. So stay tuned because this week, as we drop in this for you, you will be able to check out those questions and more character building ideas that came out of the discussions that we have for the past 13 Sabbaths. Until then, I am Dr. Dancy and today I choose to love God. And his church and be part of his perfume that attracts people to him. How about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it. Hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.